remember I was in one of their rooms and um, I just had had enough and really they weren't doing anything but my mind had had enough and I just slammed the door and I just pounded my fist into the door and I just said God just give me a foothold just give me something to stop being angry I know that I'm not just gonna magically not be angry but just give me something to know that I can get through this from Living Word Church, you're listening to the Living the Word podcast, encouraging you to walk steadfastly in your Christian faith. Welcome to another episode of Living the Word podcast, where we seek to love the Lord with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of the Rolodex in the top shelf. On the top shelf. <laughs> Rolodex. Ah, Rolodex. That's a good one. I, I, I didn't know. Uh, I don't know if I've seen a Rolodex in like 10, 12 years, you know, maybe like 20, maybe 20. I, my, my grandfather would have the Rolodex, you know, like he would, I remember seeing it next to his coffee table. Yeah. So I yeah. thought they were like magic. My mom would spin it. Yeah. It's awesome. You know, no deal. well today we have a, a very a great subject for us to discuss. And I think it's a subject that a lot of people deal with and it's a subject of anxiety. And pastor Ben, have you ever had um, experience with anxiety yourself? Yeah, it, it's an important topic, and I think that if you talk to different people, they'll have different answers to that question. Um, you know, the subject of anxiety and and depression, you know, it's complicated. You know, there's a lot of, of nuances to it, but I just in my life personally, I've, you know, uh, I, I don't think I've consistently dealt with it. I think there's situations that have arisen in my life that have brought on some anxiety. One of them would be when I first became pastor in 2018. I'd never um, led a church before, never had responsibility of leading a staff, responsibility over budgets and finances. And so, you know, uh, everything building up to becoming pastor, I uh, you know was excited about it. And then all of a sudden, like March, the the 4th of 2018, the responsibility fell on my shoulders. And so the next day and then the next couple of weeks, my physical body began to feel different. I began to have a pain in my neck, had a hard time sleeping. Um, physically, there were other issues that I was having. And and I was literally feeling, I guess, anxiety that was brought on physically, brought on by a new level of pressure and stress. So, um, yeah, I mean, I know that's probably different than what some people have experienced. And I think my physical body adjusted to the pressure. And I don't know if I'm handling it any better, but we're still here. Well, you're doing well. <laughs> so yeah, so have, have, have you dealt with, with any of that? Um, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of change in our lives. Yeah. I know. mean, you have a lot of anxiety going on every day with five young kids. Oh, yeah. It's just madness in my Under house. the age of what? Of, uh, our oldest is seven. So five under the age of seven. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah. We're just now potty training once. We have two left in diapers. Yeah. We can get him through that. So um, anxiety or just insanity. <laughs> One of the two. It may, it may be a fine line. But uh, for the topic today, uh, we have a very special guest. We have Lacey Plaisance with us today. How are you doing? Good. <laughs> Lacey uh, came on staff at Living Word Church as the nursery director recently. Uh, she's married to Reuben, has three awesome kids, Isaac, Levi, and Asher very biblical names, and uh, likes chocolate ice cream, ate pizza for breakfast, just an all-around great gal, and we're excited to have her here, and we want to hear her story and and about uh, the path that God brought her through anxiety. So, uh, Lacey, how are you doing? 
I'm doing great. Yeah, it's great <laughs> yeah, to have you. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> so before we ask you about your story, I have to know, did you heat up the pizza or did you eat it cold? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if anyone would catch that. <laughs> I did heat it up. I don't like cold pizza. Me either. I don't like cold pizza. <laughs> so yeah, Lacey, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And you know, as we prayed before we got started, we prayed that God would use your story mm-hmm. of what you experienced. And again, I just want to say this. Everyone's story around this subject is going to be different, mm-hmm. but this is this is your story. This is what God's done in your life, yeah. and you're here. Um, you told us uh, a couple of weeks ago through a group text um, talking about this. You said, you know, my story for for His glory, yeah. and and I think that that's that's beautiful. So let's start at the beginning of your, of your journey. Um, when did you first start dealing with with this? Yeah, even as a kid, like even being in like elementary school. I would just take everything personally. I just felt like I wanted to be liked so bad that anytime I would get teased or left out or anything like that, it would start to manifest in this negative self-talk. And so for me, it just made me feel so outside, like of the circle that was there. And with that came on this anxiety of, well, now I need to do this and I need to do that and I need to do this so that they'll like me. But it was also a few other things, you know, in that time period of like elementary and middle school, I just, I wanted to know everything about God, but there was some things that like, I just didn't really understand. And so I felt like, I felt like I needed to do everything that I could so that he would like me. Um, And that just brought on a lot of anxiety, even as a kid. Um, That's how I remember it. So you related what other people felt about you to what God feels about you. Oh, yes. Like everything that I did to earn my friend's love, I did the same thing for God. It would be like, okay, well, maybe God doesn't like me because X, Y, Z, because maybe they don't like me for X, Y, Z. And so that's how I viewed everything that I did with him. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how it went. So, So I guess, you know, thinking about your early childhood days, you know, when you're talking about at school and you, I remember you when we we inter, interviewed you last week you talked about you, you had a small class yeah very small, you know yeah. seven or eight uh, classmates you just felt like you were kind of even at that early age you were always the outside one mm-hmm. looking in yeah and it was part of it because like I just thought differently than them mm-hmm. you know I was just different personality um, but like it's not to say that I wasn't included I was it was just I had internalized everything they said so anytime they said even if it was completely innocent it was something that i felt inside me that it was something that i had to do i had to fix it i had to achieve it to be able to be loved by them and that was like the driving force of everything that i did what can i do to help them like me yeah and what can i do to to stop anything that they were doing you know what I mean and it's not even like they were intentionally coming at me and bullying me Mm -hmm. you know it was just on the fly a kid would say something and then all of a sudden I was like oh my goodness I'm I'm not pretty enough or oh my goodness I'm not funny Mm -hmm. you know and so then I was be like okay let's try to be funny this time (laughs) let's say something funny this time Mm -hmm. and so then my anxiety then was that I was always trying to figure out what I needed to do to be better. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that you can't do that, but it was obsessive. Right. Like my thoughts all day long, that's what it centered around, was 
obsessing over who I was. Yeah. When we talked to you, you talked about how you came to faith at an early age. Yeah. What what age? I think you said around seven or eight. Yeah, it was around seven or eight because I was baptized when I was nine. I have the paperwork for that. Yeah. <laughs> I have bad memory when it comes to ages. Yeah. yeah, it was around seven or eight. And like, I remember wanting to know everything about God. I remember reading through you know, different things that they had given us at church and just being like, yes, like, I want to know who God is. Like, I love him so much. And I wanted to know everything there was to know. I mean, even in middle school, I was reading devotionals. I was reading my Bible. I was reading everything. And I just wanted to know who he was. But I still felt like I had to do so much to make him keep loving me. You were basically equating your relationship, even at an early age, your relationship with, you know, friends and classmates and their rejection of you, you know, and this anxiety that's being created. You were equating that with your relationship with God. Yeah. So you're doing everything on the outside, even as a young kid, to pursue the Lord. And you've come to faith, bat- being, been baptized. Mm-hmm. But even at an early age, this tension is, is, is there. Yeah. So obviously, you know, when we talked, you, you talked about how this carried on into high school and into college. Can you can you talk about that journey as you got older? And- yeah. It, in high school and college, um, it seemed, it, it basically got worse um, because like little people, little problems, yeah. <laughs> big people, bigger problems. And um, in high school, there was, I had started a job, so there was a whole new set of people that I was getting to know, you know, and my bubble that I was in you don't apply when you go out into the world the things that I had learned and how to talk to people and different things well the people in the world they don't know you know what yeah. I know and so then whenever I would say things about God and they were like mm, you know and they didn't want to hear any of it so then it was like okay why don't they love God yeah. you know why don't they love Jesus as much as I do um and so that that brought on more anxiety and and doubt, doubt, because it was like, well, why is it that I can believe this, but these people don't? Right. And um, continuation of my feelings basically through high school, but in college is where it really just took a turn where I started with panic attacks because um, college is a whole new experience. I mean, like you're learning all these things and most of it doesn't even line up with what you were taught, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I just felt this massive weight of constant sin I guess you could say because I felt like I was always failing Mm. like either I was failing my friends or I was failing like if I would just get angry or if I would get like oh that boy's cute (laughs) even stuff like that it would be like oh I'm I'm failing God I'm sinning right now it's not good and then one of my at the time my youth pastor um he had preached a sermon basically saying that you can pray and ask God to reveal inside you what doesn't look like him. And I, at the time, I was just like, well, okay, I'll pray that because I don't think that there's really much wrong, which sounds crazy because I obviously thought something was wrong. <laughs> but whenever he said that, I prayed it and I was like, Lord, just show me what it is that's inside me. And I, when I tell you that he did, and it's it kind of spiraled me out of control because I did not know what was there. I didn't know that I was angry and I didn't know that I was bitter and I didn't know any of that was inside me. And I vividly remember my first like beginning of college years 
just staying in my room and not even going to class. Glued to my bed. I, did, I was crying all the time because I just felt like everyone on the outside figured it out and I didn't. They all knew. Yeah, there was this quote that you said that, that reminds me of uh, when we were talking last week. You said, I felt like I couldn't exist with the rest of the world. Yeah. Like, it just felt like everyone was smiling and everybody could feel. Mm. And I just didn't feel anything. Can, can you tell us about the story you told us about how it was a, it was a New Year's Eve yes. party? Can I tell mm-hmm. us that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was this um, conference, SALT conference. We went with Chi Alpha. Um, and the conference, they had a lot of messages that I just really felt super convicted by. I don't remember exactly what they were, but I just remember feeling like this, just this pressure, again, that I'm failing. Mm-hmm. And um, I also, at the same time, like my one of my friends had contacted me that her son that she prematurely had, he passed away in the hospital. And then a few hours later, I get another phone call that my friend's husband is leaving her. Mm-hmm. And then like just... I had just started a new relationship and it was just kind of this awkward, you know, in public kind of thing. And it just all of it include, especially the convicting messages. I just felt like I'm still failing. I'm still not measuring up. And I, everybody was downstairs. They ring in the new year worshiping. Um, and everybody was downstairs and I just went to my hotel room and I was just sobbing into my pillow because I just felt like, why go down there? I don't feel anything and they all clearly do. So why should I be with them? So I fell asleep and I slept through the new year's ringing it in. And when I woke up, all of my friends are blowing up. Where are you? We miss you. Where are you? And when I woke up, I realized something was very wrong. Like if I could miss out on something so huge and so beautiful that something was wrong with the way I was seeing things. And so you're, you're how old at this time? At this time, if I had to guess, <laughs> I was probably like 21, 22. Yeah. So yeah. 21, 22 years old. I mean, you're, you're, you, this is the college life. This is the time and the season of your life where you want, you know, be with friends and New Year's Eve, you're out, live you know, big. Live big, live big. Yeah, yeah. Celebrate. And so it is not normal for someone at that age, uh, to just, you know, to, want to go hide out in yeah. your room and not be around friends. But it was this, from what you're saying, it's kind of like this incessant feeling that you're not right yeah. with God and there's something you're not pleasing him. And it's just causing this anxiety in your life, these panic attacks. And and so, you know, it make, makes me think, and we had talked about this, you know, was there any major sin or issue that you were dealing with? No. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was just so afraid, mm-hmm. you know, just so afraid that if I did anything, that I would just be condemned straight to hell, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so for the most of my life, I'm not saying that I was a saint, but like for most of my life, it's not like I did anything majorly, you know, huge. And um, you would think so because of how <laughs> self-negative I was. But nothing, nothing. You just constantly major. felt like you had to to confess. Yeah, constantly yeah. felt like I had to just say, okay, well, earlier um, I was angry at so and so, or earlier I was very jealous of so and so, and it just felt like I constantly had to confess. Yeah. This really sounds like uh, the story of Martin Luther. 
you told the story back when we were doing uh, the series. What was it called? The Five Solas? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was an excellent series. Oh, yeah. And uh, um, I remember you were talking about Martin Luther um, going to confession every single day. One, he became a monk because he tried to please God with becoming a monk. <laughs> he thought, you know, if I do this act, then finally I'm going to go to heaven. And he would go to confession every day. He had this deep, grinding feel of his own sin. And he would go to... and every day and his confessor once after six hours in the confession booth um, you know <laughs> finally like gets upset with them and, and and is like Luther come back when something's wrong you know because he had this deep recognition of his own sin and it sounds like you're feeling that oh, you're yeah. feeling this this loathing and uh, um, it was just there was a turn for Martin Luther when he he understood the gospel so yeah so I guess the, the, the turn the transition is you know let's fast forward to you know you're out of college now you know you meet your husband mm-hmm. uh, Reuben your husband to be yeah. you guys get married you have some kids mm-hmm. you have a couple of kids and you know you told us this story um, leading up to it about how um, you're having some postpartum anger mm-hmm. and so you really haven't found victory over your anxiety at, at this point it's still a continual struggle and now you're having some postpartum struggles and you told us this kind of Sad but comical story of a battle you had with a dirty diaper. Yes. Won't you tell us this kind of breaking point here? Yes, yes. So, like, as you said, um, even though I would get small little victories over the anxiety, because, I mean, a lot of a lot of it is spiritual, but then you also have practical steps. And so, like, I did have some victory over anxiety, but I was still dealing with it at this point. Yeah. And um, the anger, um, postpartum rage, I don't know if anyone knows, but it is a thing. And um, I didn't. And I was changing um, my middle child, Levi's diaper. And something happened with a diaper where I was trying to put it in the diaper genie and it just wasn't going in. <laughs> and so I just launched it, like pitched it at the wall and just screamed like, yeah, like just screamed. And um, I was just like, oh my goodness, what's going on? You know, like, what? what is this? Why am I so angry? <laughs> and I mean course i pitched a diaper at the wall so something it's clearly not right, right. I'm, I'm just glad uh, that it wasn't um uh, yeah, it was a certain kind of diaper no it wasn't it wasn't because i would have been more mad i guess yeah. <laughs> to clean up the mess. yeah but that wasn't the only um instance like one other instance and well i will say because of that i realized that i was still dealing with some of this control like wanting mm. to try to make things fit and be right and um I had this one day where um, the boys were just being children and nothing was going wrong, but I was very angry that day. I remember I was in one of their rooms and um, I just had had enough and really they weren't doing anything, but my mind had had enough and I just slammed the door and I just pounded my fist into the door and I just said, God, just give me a foothold. Just give me something to stop being angry i know that i'm not just going to magically not be angry but just give me something to know that i can get through this mm. and i open the door and levi's standing down the hall and he just looks at me and he just like turns his head like this and he just smiles the sweetest smile and i knew that that was my foothold that there was no reason for me to be angry with mm. him and that his sweetness was a gift and that my anger was just circumstance it was hormonal you know it but i had to be pulled out of that and that's why i'm so thankful that he answered that prayer but that's how it continued that my anxiety also was bound up in this anger Mm -hmm. um 
whenever Levi was a baby. Seems to me just hearing your story, you know, this anxiety struggle started as a, as a young child. Yeah. It's something that you just, as a young child, you can't control those things, but, um, you know, you just had this sense of being always being on the outside looking in and mm-hmm. it's kind of carries over into high school and college. And, and so I, I would imagine that you had seasons of victory as, as a yeah. young adult and as a married woman, mm-hmm. but it's still just not completely healed. You're still yeah. not finding consistent victory and, and so a lot of it, you know, from what I'm, I'm hearing is it's based upon this instability in your life mm-hmm. concerning your relationship with God. Yeah. You know, you know, your, your view of the gospel, your view of, of Christ and his view of you, mm-hmm. you know, you felt like you were constantly trying to measure up. And that was kind of this sense of instability there. Yeah. Yeah. So before we transition. Yes. I would like to remind our listeners and thank our listeners. Thank you for anyone who has rated the podcast and left reviews and comments. And we'd like everyone to uh, to share this with friends, put it on social media, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Because uh, the more you interact with it, the more it pushes us up in the algorithm and um, other people can see it too. So yeah, um, that's my little blurb. But yeah, I just want to say this too. The reason we want you to like and share and rates, not because we're trying to go viral. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I don't that know. That would be cool. I don't Please know if do that's that. possible. Uh, but we do know that these are impactful stories and messages, and I want people to hear Lacey's story. I want yeah. people to be be ministered to. So, 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 Lacey, let's talk about the turning point. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is this cycle of anxiety, depression. Tell us what the turning point was. Tell us what God did to kind of bring you some freedom. Yeah. And like you said, like God's gracious and he gave me a lot of victories. You know, there were so many things that that, that helps me keep going, you know, um, and that's just a part of his love for me that I didn't see at the time. Um like sending Reuben. <laughs> like that man, he saw in me what what only God knew at the time, and I was so grateful for that. Um, so I did have victories, um, but ultimately what it was was my friend Brittany Vetta. Um, she invited me to a D group, and for years I had struggled Ex- explain with— Explain what a D group yeah. is. Oh, sorry, a D group. We studied the Bible together with a small group. Um, yeah. So we there's different types of D groups. Obviously, it depends on what book of the Bible you're in or if you're going through the whole thing. Um, but we studied the Bible together. So there was a five of us that um, went through the E100, which was—it just basically took you through— um, was a hundred days, hundred days of going through the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and for years I had convinced myself that I just did not need the Bible, <laughs> that my experience with God and my feelings towards him was all that there, that I needed, you know, and clearly I didn't because I was anxious. But, um, this D group that she invited me to, when I went, I realized how important the Bible was is that like these things that I believed about God weren't even right. Mm. And if I had just really gotten in and studied and dug deep, then I would have seen who he is. Mm. And whenever we were in that D group, I had so much peace about what I was learning. Like I learned that it's just a single thread. The whole Bible is just this single thread about God sending Jesus for you, for me. And I was just blown away that it was right there. I had Bibles my whole life. Yeah. 
But I, just to study it and to study it for the sake of knowing God. Mm. Studying it for the sake of knowing who he is and why it's good. Why everything that he does is good. Mm. And that when he loves you and he says that he loves you, it's true because of who he is and the type of the old person. <laughs> God, but he is. I just love, I just love that, um, what you're saying there, because so so often we can become so academic in our understanding of God's word. And we will look at it as, you know, I'm doing my daily Bible readings and I'm being systematic and being academic. I'm learning. But if we miss the melody that's being played from Mm -hmm. Genesis through Revelation, which is the melody of the gospel, um, then we missed a point of the yeah. Bible, yeah. right? And I, I, I just, it reminds me of what you said when we talked to you last week. The only thing that changed me was a clear view of the gospel. Yeah, that's the only thing that gave me sure victory. Mm-hmm. That like now those feelings, I remember what it felt like to be in those seasons of just despair. And I don't feel that at all. You know, things that used to set me off, like, you know, kids or just life in general being busy and just feeling like this gut feeling of just not being able to handle anything, anything awry. And now that like I know so much more about God and who he is because of the fact that I was in this small group just talking with them, talking with other Christians about what God's saying here. What is he revealing about himself? Because really for me to ever know who I am, is to know who he is. Mm. For him to tell me this is who I created you to be, well, I have to trust him. And that's really what the root of anxiety is, is that you don't trust God. Mm. You know, God's up there and you don't even trust that what he's saying is what he's saying. Because if you trusted him, then if you truly trusted him, then these things that are in your life, your perspective would be different and you wouldn't be seeing them as this despairing moment. Sure, it hurts. You know, things happen and it's it's terrible. And it's not saying that he's not saying that you can't feel. Right. But there are things that happened to me over the course of my life that now if they happen to me, I know that no matter what, God is good. At a base level now, your relationship with God is not rooted in um, this instability around how he feels about you, you know how he feels about you yeah. because you know the gospel. Mm-hmm. So yes, just listening to your story, it, it reminds me of how it is a trap, the cycle of our relationship with God being based upon our feelings. Yeah, for sure. Because if that's the case, then it really will be this roller coaster that we are riding on. And we'll ride on the roller coaster of our emotions and our feelings. And if we don't have any foundational baseline um uh, gospel revelation in our heart that the gospel tells us that Christ died for you, yeah. right? He died for me. And so it's not saying that we're not going to struggle. We're not going to have struggles with, with anxiety or, or depression, but at, at the, at the foundation of our life. And this is what you began to experience as you started hearing that melody of the gospel yeah. through scripture. It was I like, like that. that, yeah, it was like that, that song of the gospel began to play in your heart and it became louder than what you were feeling. Oh yeah. So Lacey, you know, it's this idea of an anchor point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what 
It's what God is showing you through his gospel as you're looking at, as you're listening to the melody of the gospel from Genesis through the entire Bible. It's the gospel calling out to you saying, I, you know, Christ died for you. Yeah. And at the baseline of your life, it's no longer my feelings uh, of how I think God feels about me. Now I know mm-hmm. this is how yeah. he feels about me. Because mm-hmm. he brings that peace. Like whenever he tells you, when he told me what the how he is and who he is, then it brought that peace about no matter what my feelings are in the moment, I'm anchored to that, like you mm-hmm. said, an anchor point. Because there were so many times that I would be worshiping and everybody's just like, woo. And I'm sitting there feeling nothing. Mm-hmm. And so then what? Do I love God? Because my feelings aren't showing it right mm-hmm. now. Um, and then, but after, now that I've studied and continue to study about who God is and how gracious he is and merciful and loving, then there's this, just this general like you had said in our, whenever we spoke about it, you just said, like, yeah. like just this feeling of like, I know that this is what life is. There's brokenness, there's yeah. sin, there's all of these things, but I do know this, that right. God is good. And there's loving. one thing I know, everything around me, I may have dirty diapers all over the place <laughs> and I may want to throw them against the wall, right? I may have all these feelings that are telling me something mm-hmm. that is true, but I know what, what is ultimately true and yeah. I can just rest in that yeah yeah we can't we can't equate our feelings to how god feels about us we can't use our feelings of how much we love god you know it comes back to what he teaches us in his word uh, it reminds me of uh, colossians 1 10 and paul is praying for the church in Colossae, and he's saying may you be filled with the knowledge of god mm. you know he doesn't say may you feel really emotional in a worship service and doesn't yeah. say may you feel you know really moved by a sermon he's saying may you be filled with the knowledge of god that's been your emphasis, yes, was that, that you learn who God was, you know, his character. That's good. I, there's a quote that uh, Lacey, we talked about around her her story, is that she was no longer fighting for victory over anxiety. Now she's fighting from victory. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's mixed all, all, all the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where previously, you're trying to grapple for victory, but now you know you have victory in Christ and he has yeah. won your heart. And you know how much he loves you and what he's done for you in, in through the gospel. And so now it's it's just a different place. Because of now I, at that point I felt like I was this with God. That everything that I was doing was to to show what I could do. Right. And now it's like okay, but he's with me mm. fighting through these things now. And now so that's that's what was happening with Levi that day that I was just asking for a foothold, but he's standing by me, giving me that foothold. Mm. It's not like I'm clawing by mm. myself. You know, I was, he was with me awesome. doing it. And so now I know his faithfulness. I know that the next thing that I deal with, because there will be a next Absolutely. thing, he's going to be with me fighting through that. He'll give me footholds. He'll give me scriptures. He'll give me friends. Mm. And I know that he will because he's already done it. That's amazing. So, so good. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a robust view, to use your word, a robust, robust view, view of the gospel <laughs> yeah. that, made, that made all the change. Yes, well, if we sure. have a listener out there that's dealing with anxiety, what's something that you'd like to encourage them with? Um, I would say, first of all, that you are loved. And it's something that I did not hear, you know, and not fully grasp. That the, those friends that love you, the things that they're saying, you know, that are loving and true from the Bible, with the things that they're saying to you, you need to learn it and 
ask God to show it to you and reveal it to you because that's something that he will answer. Is you say, God, I don't know who you are. And your honesty is just, he knows what you're feeling. So be honest. Be honest with the fact that we have a capacity. We cannot know everything and we cannot control our feelings. And for you to constantly fall back on yourself, why don't you just fall into God? Ask mm-hmm. him, say, God, show me who you are so that I can trust you. That's okay to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, that's what I would say to myself. It's okay to say, God, I don't know who you are. Show me. Show me. And that's what I, that's what I would say is like to, to just ask him and he will answer you because he answered me. <laughs> that's, so, that's so good. Yeah. Lacey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and and yeah, I I'm and really I know and and I know that your story is going to resonate with a lot of people and uh and and we pray that you know if the story has resonated with you and and you want to reach out to us here at Living Word Church mm-hmm. you, you know you can get all the information from the YouTube channel or uh, you can look look us up online mm-hmm. we'd love to be a resource for you yeah so thank you for coming and sharing your yeah i'm your so story. glad i could be here yeah, yeah. thank you listeners for tuning in to this excellent episode uh share this share this with someone maybe that uh, you know is dealing with anxiety and we're so glad that you're with us and we hope to be a blessing to you thank you so much for listening to this episode if you would like to submit a potential question a topic or an idea for a future episode or learn more about living the word podcast you can visit us at livingwordhoma.com We would like to say thanks to all of you who subscribed, shared episodes, and left reviews. Living the Word podcast is a production of Living Word Church in Houma, Louisiana, under the leadership of Pastor Ben Bufkin. Our prayer is that you will remain faithful to living the Word.